That was uh, Lake Street Drive with the band, uh, the song Good Kisser. Uh, they will be playing August 7th at the Knitting Factory. I mean, the Big Tent likes to bring the romance. Yes, well, Jen picked like up that song, so... <laughs> I have terrible taste in music. Fits. Listen, I only have good taste in music when it comes to 90s and 2000s, so we're way beyond that. But this is the uh, Big Ten on Radio Boise, KRBX 89.9 FM. Are we talking FM. like Hollow Notes or like MC Hammer? What, oh, what all was, of them. What was 1990s Luke listening to? Uh, A lot of Counting Crows. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I did see them when they yes, played in Boise. Yes, yes. I'm down with that program. All so, right. Listen, good thing my wife's at work, so she can't hear me tell this story. <laughs> but so we went and saw Counting Crows and live opened for them, right? So this is like just a few months ago. Yeah, this is a few here. months ago. So we go, and there's an opening band, and then it's the band live, and then it's the Counting Crows. And so we sit through live, and then it gets done. And she's like, all right, let's go. And I was like, no, no, there's Counting Crows are next. And she goes, that wasn't the Counting Crows. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, there's another band. It was like 9 o'clock. So I made fun of her for that one pretty hard. That's All right, good. we're That's on good. the Big Ten, and we're going to talk about public affairs. And not I mean, just, here on Radio Boise. Yes, on Radio Boise. Um, I'm your host, Luke Fowler, here with my co-host, Jen and Jackie, and we're here to talk about summer entertainment. So we let in well, correct, guys? Yeah, we're keeping it loose for the summer entertainment show. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I think we're going to start by talking about uh, the Women's World Cup soccer, correct? Yeah, I mean, we just, we're now a couple days worth of games been going on, which uh, we're a household that always gets very excited about the World World Cups. And, you know, it's just a neat time to see all these teams across the country, you know, across the world come together to compete. And it, it, the Women's World Cup is a little more exciting because the women's, US, the U.S. women's team is much better than the, competitively than the U.S. men's. And they've been better for a long time, mm-hmm. right? Like U.S. women's soccer has yeah. dominated. Yeah, they've won several World Cups. Whereas the men rarely even go past their, you know, initial round. And in the world of sports, <laughs> Jen's how favorite I feel topic. About that. Uh, this was a big deal this week because they won thirteen to zero, right? Yep. I mean, I read the newspaper. Yeah, which is kind of like an unheard of score. I yeah. mean, so lopsided, right? It's so lopsided and really has people up in arms, right? Like, there's been some discussion: should they have? Uh, kept pushing and kept scoring, which is something I don't really understand. I've never heard that in professional sports that like one team shouldn't have beat the other team so badly. What, right. What's behind that? And there was some discussion on whether they should have kept celebrating their goals, which I mean, it's still like scoring a goal in a soccer game is not super easy, and it's exciting. And the you know the the players were excited to show their their emotion, and you know score differentials doesn't goal differentials can matter down the road for who advances so you know maybe you don't need more than like six goals but there is a strategic element to wanting to score as many goals as possible well and i think the the argument on the other hand was just kind of sportsmanship like did you really have to you know kick the 13th goal and all that kind of stuff but uh i, I saw but, some sorry, com- you never hear that like you would never say to an NFL team like quit scoring so high. That's no. so strange. Yeah, and so uh, some of the uh, female soccer, some of the the players on the the team basically said like it's disrespectful for us not to right. have been played yeah. as hard as we can yeah. for the entire team. Um, so yeah, I thought that was an interesting criticism as well. Yeah, it was it was definitely an interesting thing to watch. But and it, as Luke said, like this is like very unusual to be able to score that many goals in one in one game and we had um morgan scoring five goals which was amazing for one player to score that many in one game 
So this is our entertainment episode this week as we're kicking off a nice, long, hot summer. But of course, we're also a public affairs radio show. So when we think about women's soccer, there's some interesting um, political aspects to these Mm -hmm. games as well. One, of course, being the way in which these professional women soccer players are paid and the huge uh, wage gap between women's soccer and men's soccer. So that's something you've been thinking about, Jackie. Yeah, for a couple years now, the U.S. women's team has been been very vocal and kind of involved in trying to um, earn equal wages as to what the men's team play or or earn, especially since they are more successful internationally than the men's team and yet still don't have equal resources, aren't um, receiving equal pay. And so they've had some protests. They've been pretty vocal about this in the last few years that they deserve to be paid equal to that of the men's team. And they're getting some major coverage and you know big news media outlets on this issue so it'll be interesting to see if they can finally get some tra- I mean they've been fighting this fight for years yeah, right yeah this is not a yeah. new new issue they've been taking on it's been going on for quite a while and I think especially since they are so successful it's frustrating for them to be like we're the ones winning world cups like you know we we think that we deserve to be paid equally and is the argument on the other side well they just don't bring as many fans out they don't get as many advertisers they're is not that- selling as much merchandise mm-hmm. I mean those are the arguments you often hear about the pay dif- you know inequalities between men and women's sports, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the reason this was interesting to me this week, sort of in terms of local politics, was another headline that appeared in the uh, Idaho Press Tribune, which said that Boise State um, has decided that they're going to build a baseball stadium after all. That was sort of unclear if the university was going to move forward with that. They had talked about partnering with a, a sort of... Um, a private company with private funding and now it looks like the university is going to fund it and they're going to fund it really close to campus just south of campus and some of the pushback that they got was from people arguing that the university instead of spending millions of dollars building a new baseball stadium should be investing more heavily in women's sports at Boise State what do you think of that argument well, I mean, I, I think we could make the argument that every university in this country should invest more in women's sports. Um, but I will say, from the like broader athletic, athletic finance, the, like the only the only sports that make money are football and men's basketball at the big schools. Um, that everywhere else, sports lose money, uh, and so. Baseball, Boise State's probably going to lose money. It'll probably lose a little less money than other sports. Um, so the kind of question is, like, how do you balance out all these finances? Because there is not really enough to go around to a lot of things. And, I mean, I'd also make the argument that Boise State should make investments in a lot of other things. And I like baseball, and I'm actually kind of excited to, for the stadium. But I'd also say that we need to make investments in a lot of other places that aren't a baseball stadium. Like, say, a new school of public service building. <laughs> a little self-interest there. Well, and we have seen, the you know, some of the women's sports that Boise State be incredibly successful and we just had um, several track athletes like Ali Ostrander win another national championship yeah, her third in a you know in a row and so you know we do have really high performing athletes in other sports especially some of these women's teams that I you know probably could do even more with more resources yeah it makes you wonder what some of the sort of backroom discussions which none of us three have been privy to clearly are with a move like this is it about recruitment is it about raising the sort of profile of the school by adding another major sport. Um, It's hard to know what, what the calculus is there. 
moving forward. I like Luke. I love going and watching baseball outside. I think that'll be really fun. Um, but I think too about like the adjoining neighborhoods and what sorts of input were gotten when they were made this decision. Um, and it's a it's really interesting timing with a new university president about to come on board. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see this baseball stadium being like a really cool thing, asset to, asset to campus, being like really close. You go to the bay, but I could also see it just being a monstrosity that just causes more traffic problems and displaces people. So it's just going to be very interesting to see how all of this gets managed and whether or not it just makes all it just exacerbates a lot of problems that are going on on campus, or if it just adds this really cool asset to what's going on there and enhances the culture. And I should say our building is going to be sandwiched right between the stadium, football stadium on one side, and I think the, the baseball stadium on the other. So it'll make parking even more interesting for us. Yeah, that'll be tons of fun for us. <laughs> All right. You are listening to The Big Tent. This is our summer entertainment episode. When we come back, we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about another good way to spend your time, which is listening to podcasts. We have some recommendations for you. Stay tuned to Radio Boise. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Mikhaile Ananiale from the Bots. You are listening to KRBX 89.9 FM, Caldwell, Boise. Welcome back to the Big Ten on Radio Boise, KRBX 89.9, Caldwell, Boise. Uh, so we're uh, doing our summer entertainment extravaganza, talking about all the cool, fun stuff to do this summer. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're nerdy academics like us, anyway. Yeah, well, something <laughs> other than range. <laughs> lock myself in an office and play with spreadsheets and data. Uh, so we're going to talk about podcasts, and I'm going to go ahead and admit that I don't listen to podcasts. So, uh, Which let's... blows my mind. Who doesn't listen? Listen to podcasts, and neither one of you are big podcast listeners. I mean, I is listen this a generational some. thing? Like I use Facebook. I really, podcasts. I really like it when I'm dry, like we do road trips and long distances. I just I find it hard to work and listen to podcasts, so oh, I don't yeah. listen to them as much as I think some people who can work and and, and like our colleague Mike Allen, I think mm-hmm. listens to them and works at the same time. He can do that. So for all of our listeners that are like me and just not with it with the trends, could y'all explain to us what podcasts are and why we should listen to them? Well, I can just. Talk you my how my podcast addiction started which was i was a this american life fan mm-hmm. for years which i think sort of like the foundational quintessential podcast i suppose although it was mostly a radio show yeah. that just you could also listen to online um for me the big breakthrough was the podcast serial which yeah. if you have not listened to you should it's amazing you're going to want to binge it so like carve out 10 to 15 hours of your life to to listen to that um and that really for me i think opened up this idea of the binge worthy podcast and after serial broke through and became a cultural phenomenon we saw a bunch of podcasts come on the scene and a bunch of podcasting companies and in particular the one that i followed the most was one called gimlet um, so this was uh, started by somebody who used to work for this american life um, and which sarah koenig was also involved with this american life so some really good storytellers associated with that group they started this new company called gimlet and they had a podcast that followed them trying to create this company. It was called Startup. And I am now on the board of a startup. And if I had not listened to that podcast, I would be clueless about the world of startups. But it taught me so much about how startups work. And it's also amazing storytelling. Yeah. So I think one thing that is really neat about podcasts is it allows for like this deep 
research and focus on a topic that maybe wouldn't get a TV show made about it or like a regular radio station doesn't want to just continue to play it. But it allows, which makes it very informative and educational, um, some of these podcasts. I really like uh, the Good Place podcast and Armchair Expert, too two things that focus on movies and TV and I've learned so much about how TV shows get made which is just like for me fascinating like I want to hear about the scenes. yeah like learning about how a writer's room on a TV show works is really pretty cool and the types of things that I wouldn't have not encountering in my normal daily life yeah, absolutely. The other one, the other Gimlet podcast that I love and I obsessively listen to the minute it comes out, it's like the Cosby show was when I was growing up, like you'd wait till Thursday night and you're like, got to turn the TV on. I know how we feel about the Cosby show now, but at, at when I was growing up, it was a thing. Um, I feel that way about Reply All. So if you are, have not listened to Reply All, I totally recommend that you subscribe. It's these two kind of geeks and they do amazing storytelling about things related to the internet, which sounds super dorky, but um, what keeps me coming back is the narrative. So podcasts, I think, can be really interesting and informative, but for me, if they're just like facts, I tend not to listen. I really need that story piece uh, to keep me going. NPR's Embedded is another great one that covers a lot having to do with politics, and they have a new series about Mitch McConnell coming out, since we're a politics and public affairs show. Highly recommend that. And then another politics show that a uh, podcast that I love is called Slow Burn, and that's mm-hmm. put out by Slate. And they covered uh, the Monica Lewinsky scandal, which we've talked about a little bit on this show. I think I was a teenager. I don't even know how old you two were when that came <laughs> well, out. I, re- I mean, like I remember following it. I did not follow it. I just like like I followed the jokes. I think. Uh, But I didn't really understand it. So it was so fascinating to me to listen to Slow Burn and to really understand all of the politics behind it. Well, I do think being an adult, like, I have a very different perspective on it now than what I would have, you know, hearing about it when I was younger. Yeah. And so Slow Burn, and again, like, this intense focus, you're able to do research and examine some of these things in a much deeper way than we, uh, they're all, every, so much entertainment is like quick and short and so podcast is like the opposite right they're actually like these long form end up things that allow us to really you know kind of focus in yeah absolutely and I think there's so many interesting niche podcasts too like if you're into comedy there's two dope queens which is Mm -hmm. amazing um there's also my dad wrote a porno and I asked our station manager if I could say that on the air and he said I could it is hilarious it's a British podcast one of the podcast hosts his father actually wrote a a porn uh, as a retired older man (laughs) and it they read a chapter from it every week and it is one of the most hilarious things I have ever heard in my life. I highly <laughs> recommend. But there's also like finance podcasts. There's Get Rich Slowly and the Dave Ramsey Show. I mean, there's sort of something for everybody in the podcast world. So one of the questions you asked me, Jackie, was like, is this just a passing fad? I mean, like there's everyone has a podcast now, right? Like, I guess technically we could say we have a podcast. We put our episodes on the air, just not yeah. in the same kind mm-hmm. of way where we have a narrative stretching across or anything. But, um, you know, there's so many. Is this will people continue to listen to it or is it going to be like MySpace that now people are like, you know, people younger, much younger than me probably don't even know what MySpace is. Yeah, I'd imagine uh 
it's y'all just listed off a lot of them and like even i've heard cereal and stuff like that but i mean just kind of the 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 marketplace there like how do you wade through these and find out which ones are terrible and which ones are good right i mean at least like on tv and i'm not even going to say the things that are on tv are even good these days but at least you know there's some level of quality that we should expect out of nbc or abc right and maybe that's even going too far (laughs) but like pause hmm you know what I mean? But, uh, like, uh, you know, this, this, a lot of it just outsourced or out there on the internet. Like, how do you, how do you figure out what's worth listening so to? There are some really good sites that actually review podcasts, which, I mean, it's now treated, right, as very much one of the kind of dominant forms of entertainment. Um, but I am curious on how long it'll last. Well, and it's big business, too. The company I mentioned, Gimlet, just got bought by Spotify for a lot of money. Um, and Spotify now streams all of their podcasts. So Spotify now does music and podcasts. So it's, they clearly think that there's a good business proposition there. I mean, for me, it has all the elements of something that matches our cultural moment. So you can stream it at will. Um, and it's also something you could do while you're doing other things. So like while I'm doing the dishes or cleaning up the house or whatever, that's usually when I listen or getting ready in the morning. Um, it's usually word of mouth, I think. You hear about a really good podcast. So I think the same for like Netflix. Somebody says, hey, go watch so-and-so and you go watch it. And then you can, um, it's very like niche attention oriented. And I think, again, that fits our our cultural moment around social media and things like that. So it's very tailorable to your interests. So I'd be surprised if podcasts go away anytime soon. Maybe they'll change form and become like little five minute bullets that you digest yeah it's interesting i mean i mean and some of you know some podcasts have been around quite a while like they've it's some have been you know like they're like a decade old which is fresh air no i didn't do it right fresh air (laughs) sorry i'll practice i'll practice for next time (laughs) (laughs) come on terry grows she's the best Are you supposed to be advertising? Sorry, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Um, I yeah, right. Well, I mean, we're all one big happy family here on the radio. Sure, yeah, it's good. So, what about you, Luke? Did we convince you that maybe you should give some podcasts a listen? Uh, we'll see. I have a pretty uh, short attention span these days, so. One thing, so we, one of our favorites, like, just for fun, is How Did This Get Made, which is several comedians that review and make fun of bad movies. And again, I've learned things about how movies are made, but it's also just absolutely hilarious, so maybe that would be a good one to start with for you, Luke. All right. A little humor. Yeah, well, uh, I've got some uh, house renovations I'm going to do this summer, so maybe I need something going on in the background. So maybe that's what will get it's me into It's a perfect all. thing to have on in the background when you're painting. I mean, yeah. and you're tired of your country music. We're <laughs> <laughs> counting crows. <laughs> all right. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to finish up our summer entertainment episode with a discussion of the miniseries phenomenon on streaming media. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Bryant from The Behaviors. You are listening to KRBX 89.9 FM Codwell, Boise, Idaho, Radio Boise. All right, we're back on the Big Ten, and uh, we're following up our discussion with podcasts with the discussion of, of streaming TV and what's going on in TV. And one of the things that I'm particularly interested in is uh, it seems like the, the new kind of trend is uh, the miniseries, right? Is these TV shows that at least originally aren't designed to be multiple seasons. Uh, they seem like they're very like standalone, um, really set up that way. That Some of them are based on books. Um, Jen keeps talking about Catch-22. Um, there's one that I, I've watched recently called Good Omens that was really good. Also based on a book. Also based on a book. 
Um, so they kind of stand alone, they stop, and they're just kind of these cultural phenomenons, but they're almost like the, uh, the, I guess, the TV version of the podcast, right? That they really go in-depth on one thing and then end, which is a lot different than what we used to expect out of network TV, because that used to be the entire goal was to add as many seasons as you possibly can until it got stale and, and, and ended. Until you got enough to be in syndication and then reruns run forever, right? Yeah, exactly. Although weren't, there were like miniseries were a well, thing like Roots, on, t- yeah, like Roots, or big th- one. The, was it the Thornbirds? Is that right? It was about the the sexy priest. I don't know. I was thinking Lonesome Dove. <laughs> Lonesome, Lonesome Dove. Dove. Yeah, another yeah, great absolutely. one. So, but those were like once in a while type thing. But like, it big seems like production. these are, are, are coming out like regularly. And so what are the, I mean, I guess the, the big one that everybody's talking about is Chernobyl. And I I believe uh, Valerie, who Valerie. rarely chimes in, has some things to tell us about Chernobyl, correct? Yeah, I, I just finished it last night. Um, I'd, I'd been meaning to, I fell behind. I was like, been meaning to watch it all week. And then finally last night, I was like, we're doing it. We're going to sit down. I saw episode four and five last night. And it's it's like a very depressing horror movie that's based on true things. And <sighs> But so is it one of those shows that you feel like you just have to keep going I did, on? Yeah, yeah. And I, so the first few episodes I watched as they aired, and then and then I fell behind, and so last night I I watched two in a row, and um, yeah, I was. And is it only five episodes it's only total? Five episodes. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. that's so interesting. Yeah, and for those that don't know, it's based on the Chernobyl. Based on Chern- yeah. You know, so again, um, you know, a real, it's not one of those things that can go multiple seasons because there's a finite story that ends. Um, but what's kind of equally interesting, and Jackie brought it up earlier, is like some of these shows are meant to be one season, and then they're popular, and then they decide to add another season. Uh, two examples that happened on Netflix that really disappointed me. Uh, one was Bloodline. If you ever saw that with Kyle Chandler, amazing. Love first, Kyle Chandler. Like amazing Coach first Taylor. season. It's engaging. Like you binge it, and they came out with the second season. Uh, that's so Just disappointing. Doo-doo. Like so, the yeah. first, like the entire first season is like leading up to this murder, and there's all this drama. And then the last episode, you figure out everything that happened with the murder. And then the next season, they're like, "Oh yeah, this murder happened. How are we gonna deal with it now?" And so it's just. Oh, and they should have just let it go. Yeah. Um. And another example of that would be Ozark, uh, which is a oh, really yeah. interesting show. And then they. It should have ended after one season and just left you on the cliffhanger, and they added to it, and it just hasn't been the same. We're so, like, I feel like in movies and TV shows, it's just like, okay, more, more, like, when some of these things, right, like Big Little Lies just came back, it's now past the book material, like, that was all, the first season was that, the book. But movies sometimes it's like, all right, that was good, that was ended, and suddenly we're getting more because it's popular, which I understand. But sometimes it's also okay to like end. Yeah, I feel like the the whole Game of Thrones thing has made me really nervous about TV writers going beyond the book all of a sudden. Like Big Little Lies, I'm sort of excited about. Well, Adam Meryl Streep, yeah, and just the female firepower behind that. I actually think there there was room to continue that story, but I think there's some of these miniseries that really like there could be wrapped up and, and not continued. Well, on the Game of Thrones thing, I, I read an interesting analysis that was basically like what happened at the end was that uh, George, George Martin or whatever, he wrote all about these characters and had no real like idea where it went or whatever. And then to end the show, the, the writer's room were like, all right, we have to hit these plot points. And then started writing about plot points rather than characters. And that's really when the, the show changed. Well, Valerie, you're our Game of Thrones expert. George R. 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 Martin, do I have that right? He yes. just had not, he hasn't finished the book yet, right? I Yeah, I, I never books. have read the books. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, so I don't know. I think season five from, from my friends who've done the both of them, I think that was when, like the books ended, and then the, the the material was 
kind of guesswork after that, is for, from my understanding. And they just had to wrap a bunch of things up. But I want to say to them, like, quit wrapping things up. Just sometimes let some things go. Like uh, the Amazon streaming show, the Prime Show Fleabag. If you haven't seen it, it's amazing. There are two seasons. Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with that show. And they ended it on such a beautiful moment of like, it. You know this. You know that the series is done but things are kind of unfinished and it's so satisfying. And I just wish other shows would sort of take their right. cues like, that way. I really enjoyed Sharp Objects last summer, which was on HBO uh, based off of a book. And they were, and Amy Adams was very much like, no, like, you know, yeah, it's kind of a cliffhanger at the end, but it's done. Like, we're not like that. It's, we finished it. That's what the book was. And we're now moving on to other, to other things. No, I find it interesting. Like, I guess, people are becoming, or I guess writers or people that are producing these shows are becoming more comfortable with that of just like letting things end. Um, but you're not seeing it everywhere and it just seems to kind of like ruin that end. They get something really good going. And I think if anything from the 80s and 90s movies taught us is when you have a hit from the 80s and then you come up with a sequel 10 years later, it never worked out well. <laughs> and there's so many good examples of where they had one really good movie and then they made five sequels that were all horrible and it just ruined everything. Just gotta let things in sometimes. So, do either of you have any recommendations for entertainment for this summer for people looking, you know, having some extra time, maybe fun ways to spend it? For streaming or just in general? Anything. Well, Books, I'll just finish TV, the, stre- the streaming movie. conversation, which is uh, so Luke mentioned Catch 22. Catch 22 is a, a book based on World War II, and I, I actually wrote about it in my dissertation way back when. I love the book. And I love the book. It's one of my favorites of all time. And I love the actors that are in the show. I've only watched the first episode, but I'm super excited to finish out that series. So that's my number one recommendation is to check that out if you haven't already. And then my my second recommendation is random. Imagine that coming from me. Um, but around town are these little lending libraries. You've probably seen them. People build sort of these wood boxes with glass fronts. And um, I have been just taking books out of those and putting back books back in and reading, binge reading novels lately. And it's just like such... A guilty pleasure and one that I don't think we allow ourselves a lot right now because we do everything sort of in snippets or we listen or stream and it's been wonderful just reading fiction so that's my second recommendation go to a little free library and pick up a book or drop one off Uh, so I mentioned it earlier and I definitely recommend a a new Amazon Prime show Good Omens Um, it is it's based on a book from the same guys who did Mighty Python, um, so it's it's British. Um, it is a fantastical, kind of funny, irreverent look at some retelling of some biblical stories. Uh, namely, it's kind of like a, about like uh, Damien and like the Devil's Son and the Antichrist and all this, but it's it's not really dark or sad. It's just kind of funny and goofy. Um, so I found it to be very entertaining. Um, I'm also watching, and I, I'm way behind on this, is Man in the High Castle um, oh, yeah. on Amazon Prime, which is really good, which is based, also on, based a, on a novel. Yeah, a Philip K. Dick story, um, which is really good and entertaining. It's basically an alternative universe where the Nazis win World War II, but there's also some sci-fi elements. So, I mean, particularly the first season is really awesome because it kind of gives you in the look into like what the world could have been like under alternative. And so I'm a couple seasons into it now, and so it's just it's a very interesting story because it'd be very engaging and looking at how like the politics would be different and society and life and a lot of these things would have happened in a very different light i think that and the handmaid's tale are definitely products of our political moment too yeah 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 that makes sense what about you jackie yeah um you know i think 
I so we talked earlier in this year about Veep ending the seat, you know, ending their run, which they actually had a really great finale. So anyone who hasn't watched Veep, like it's the way it changes over time, kind of to fit along with how our politics have changed, is really insightful and but also hilarious. Um, uh, so one like guilty pleasure Netflix has a a movie called Always Be My Maybe which is super cute like of just a fun romantic comedy so if you just want to chill for an hour and a half not be you know just have fun I would highly recommend that oh and Wine Country too that's a good I still need to watch it comedy to but a lot of fun for the summer well, fabulous. Thank you so much for tuning in to our summer entertainment episode. Um, we are going to have a lot of fun guests come in over the summer um, talking about really interesting topics related to politics and public affairs here in Boise and Idaho, the nation and the world. So uh, stay tuned to Radio Boise Thursdays at 4 p.m. And we'll see you next time on The Big Tent.